section ninety seven of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter ninety two yes the hermit of gouda was the vicar of gouda and knew it not so absolute was his seclusion my reader is aware that the moment the frenzy of his passion passed he was seized with remorse for having been betrayed into it but perhaps only those who have risen as high in religious spirit as he had and suddenly fallen can realize the terror at himself that took possession of him he felt like one whom self-confidence had betrayed to the very edge of a precipice ah good jerome he cried how much better you knew me than i knew myself how bitter yet wholesome was your admonition accustomed to search his own heart he saw at once that the true cause of his fury was margaret i love her then better than god said he despairingly better than the church from such a love what can spring to me or to her he shuddered at the thought that the strong battle temptation tis for the weak to flee and who is weaker than i have shown myself what is my penitence my religion a pack of cards built by degrees into a fair seeming structure and lo one breath of earthly love and it lies in the dust i must begin again and on a surer foundation he resolved to leave holland at once and spend years of his life in some distant convent before returning to it by that time the temptations of earthly passion would be doubly baffled and older and a better monk he should be more master of his earthly affections and margaret seeing herself abandoned would marry and love another the very anguish this last thought cost him showed the self-searcher and self-denier that he was on the path of religious duty but in leaving her for his immortal good and hers he was not to neglect her temporal weal indeed the sweet thought he could make her comfortable for life and rich in this world's goods which she was not bound to despise sustained him in the bitter struggle it cost him to turn his back on her without one kind word or look oh what will she think of me he groaned shall i not seem to her of all creatures the most heartless inhuman but so best i better she should hate me miserable that i am heaven is merciful and giveth my broken heart this comfort i can make that villain restore her own and she shall never lose another true lover by poverty another ami ami god and saints to mine aid how he fared on this errand has been related but first as you may perhaps remember he went at night to shrive the hermit of gouda he found him dying and never left him till he had closed his eyes 
and buried him beneath the floor of the little oratory attached to his cell it was the peaceful end of a stormy life the hermit had been a soldier and even now carried a steel corslet next his skin saying he was now christ's soldier as he had been satan's when clement had shriven him and prayed by him he in his turn sought counsel of one who was dying in so pious a frame the hermit advised him to be his successor in this peaceful retreat his had been a hard fight against the world the flesh and the devil and he had never thoroughly baffled them till he retired into the citadel of solitude these words and the hermit's pious and peaceful death which speedily followed and set as it were the seal of immortal truth on them made a deep impression upon clement nor in his case had they any prejudice to combat the solitary recluse was still profoundly revered in the church whether immured as an anchorite or anchoress in some cave or cell belonging to a monastery or hidden in the more savage but laxer seclusion of the independent hermitage and clement knew more about the hermits of the church than most divines at his time of life he had read much thereon at the monastery near turgu had devoured their lives with wonder and delight in the manuscripts of the vatican and conversed earnestly about them with the mendicant friars of several nations before printing these friars were the great circulators of those local annals and biographies which accumulated in the convents of every land then his teacher jerome had been three years an anchorite on the heights of camaldoli where far more than four centuries the thebaid had been revived and jerome cold and curt on most religious themes was warm with enthusiasm on this one he had pored over the annals of st john baptist's abbey round about which the hermit's caves were scattered and told him the names of many a noble and many a famous warrior who had ended his days there a hermit and of many a bishop and archbishop who had passed from the sea to the hermitage or from the hermitages to the sea among the former the archbishop of ravenna among the latter pope victor the ninth he told him too with grim delight of their multifarious austerities and how each hermit set himself to find where he was weakest and attacked himself without mercy or remission till there even there he was strongest and how seven times in the twenty-four hours in thunder rain or snow by daylight twilight moonlight or torchlight the solitaries flocked from distant points over rugged precipitous ways to worship in the convent church at matins at prima tierce sexta nonus vespers and complene even under eager questioning described to him the persons of famous anchorites he had sung the psalter and prayed with there the only intercourse their vows allowed except with special permission mancata duke of mancata and cordova and hildago of spain who in the flower of his youth had retired thither from the pomps vanities and pleasures of the world father john baptist of navarre who had led armies to battle but was now a private soldier of christ cornelius samuel and sylvanus this last when the great duchess de medici obtained the pope's leave hitherto refused to visit camaldoli went down and met her at the first wooden cross and there surrounded as she was with 
courtiers and flatterers remonstrated with her and persuaded her and warned her not to profane that holy mountain where no woman for so many centuries had placed her foot and she awed by the place and the man retreated with all her captains soldiers courtiers and pages from that one hoary hermit at basil clement found fresh materials especially with respect to german and english anchorites and he had even prepared a catena eremitarum from the year of our lord two fifty when paul of thebes commenced his ninety years of solitude down to the year fourteen seventy he called them angelorum amici et animalium that is friends of angels and animals thus though in those days he never thought to be a recluse the road was paved so to speak and when the dying hermit of gouda blessed the citadel of solitude where he had fought the good fight and won it and invited him to take up the breastplate of faith that now fell off his own shrunken body clement said within himself heaven itself led my foot hither to this end it struck him too as no small coincidence that his patron saint bavon was a hermit and an austere one a curassier of the solitary cell as soon as he was reconciled to gisbrecht van Sleiten, he went eagerly to his abode praying heaven it might not have been already occupied in these three days the fear was not vain these famous dens never wanted a human tenant long he found the rude stone door ajar then he made sure he was too late he opened the door and went softly in no the cell was vacant and there were the hermit's great ivory crucifix his pens ink seeds a memento mori a skull his cilice of hair and another of bristles his well-worn sheepskin pelisse and hood his hammer chisel and psaltery etc men and women had passed that way but none had ventured to intrude far less to steal faith and simplicity had guarded that keyless door more securely than the houses of the laity were defended by their gates like a modern jail and think iron bars at every window and the gentry by moat bastion chevaux de frise and portcullis as soon as clement was fairly in the cell there was a loud flap and a flutter and down came a great brown owl from a corner and whirled out of the window driving the air cold on clement's face he started and shuddered was this seeming owl something diabolical trying to deter him from his soul's good on second thoughts might it not be some good spirit the hermit had employed to keep the cell for him perhaps the hermit himself finally he concluded that it was just an owl and that he would try and make friends with it he kneeled down and inaugurated his new life with prayer clement had not only an earthly passion to quell the power of which made him tremble for his eternal weal but he had a penance to do for having given way to ire his besetting sin and cursed his own brothers he looked round this roomy cell furnished with so many comforts and compared it with the pictures in his mind of the hideous place aramis in aramo a desert in a desert where holy jerome hermit and the plutarch of hermits had wrestled with sickness temptation and despair for mortal years and with the inaccessible and thorny niche a hole in a precipice where the boy hermit benedict buried himself and lived three years on the pittance the good monk romanus could spare him from his scanty commons and subdivided that mouthful with his friend a raven and the hollow tree of the patron saint bavon and the earthly purgatory of fribourg 
where lived a nameless saint in a horrid cavern his eyes chilled with perpetual gloom and his ears stunned with an eternal waterfall and the pillar on which st simeon stylita existed forty-five years and the destina or stone-box of st dunstan where like calarian in his bulrush hide sepulchro pontius quam domu he could scarce sit stand or lie and the living tombs sealed with lead of thais and christina and other recluses and the damp dungeon of st alred these and scores more of the dismal dens in which true hermits had worn out their wasted bodies on the rock and the rock under their sleeping bodies and their praying knees all came into his mind and he said to himself this sweet retreat is for safety of the soul but what for penance jesu aid me against faults to come and for the fault i rue face of man i will not see for a twelvemonth and a day he had famous precedence in his eye even for this last and unusual severity in fact the original hermit of this very cell was clearly under the same vow hence the two apertures through which he was spoken to and replied adopting in other respects the uniform rule of hermits and anchorites he divided his day into the seven offices ignoring the petty accidents of light and dark creations both of him to whom he prayed so unceasingly he learned the psalter by heart and in all the intervals of devotion not occupied by broken slumbers he worked hard with his hands no article of the hermit's rule was more strict or more ancient than this and here his self-imposed penance embarrassed him for what work could he do without being seen that should benefit his neighbours for the hermit was to labour for himself in those cases only where his subsistence depended on it now clement's modest needs were amply supplied by the villagers on moonlight nights he would steal out like a thief and dig some poor man's garden on the outskirts of the village he made baskets and dropped them slyly at humble doors and since he could do nothing for the bodies of those who passed by his cell in daytime he went out in the dead of the night with his hammer and his chisel and carved moral and religious sentences all down the road upon the sandstone rocks who knows said he often a chance shaft strikes home o oh, sore heart comfort thou the poor and bereaved with holy words of solace in their native tongue for he said well tis clavis ad corda plebis also he remembered the learned colonna had told him of the written mountains in the east where kings had inscribed their victories what said clement are they so wise those eastern monarchs to engrave their warlike glory upon the rock making a blood bubble endure so long as earth and shall i leave the rocks about me silent on the king of glory at whose word they were and at whose breath they shall be dust nay but these stones shall speak to weary wayfarers of eternal peace and of the lamb whose frail and afflicted yet happy servant worketh them among now at this time the inspired words that have consoled the poor and the inflicted for so many ages were not yet printed in dutch so that the sentences of gold from the holy evangelists came like fresh oracles from heaven or like the dew on parched flowers and the poor hermit's written rocks softened a heart or two and sent the heavy laden singing on their way these holy oracles that seemed to spring up around him like magic his prudent dancers through his window to such as sought ghostly counsel and above all his invisibility soon gained him a prodigious reputation this was not diminished by the medical advice they now and then extorted from him sore against his will by tears and entreaties for if the patients got well 
they gave the holy hermit the credit and if not they laid all the blame on the devil i think he killed nobody for his remedies were womanish and weak sage and wormwood scion hyssop borage spikenard dog's tongue our lady's mantle fever few and faith and all in small quantities except the last then his abstinence sure sign of a saint the eggs and milk they brought him at first he refused with horror know ye not the hermit's rule is bread or herbs and water eggs they are birds in disguise for when the bird dieth then the egg rotteth as for milk it is little better than white blood and when they brought him too much bread he refused it then they used to press it on him nay holy father give the overplus to the poor you who go among the poor can do that better is bread a thing to fling haphazard from a hermit's window and to those who persisted after this to live on charity yet play sir bountiful is to lie with the right hand giving another's to the poor i should beguile them of their thanks and cheat them the true giver thus do thieves whose boast it is they bleed the rich into the lap of the poor acacio avaritiae nomen pauperum when nothing else would convince the good souls this piece of latin always brought them round so would a line of virgil's aeneid this great reputation of sanctity was all external inside the cell was a man who held the hermit aguda as cheap as dirt ah said he i cannot deceive myself i cannot deceive god's animals see the little birds how coy they be i feed and feed them and long for their friendship yet will they never come within nor take my hand by lighting on it for why no paul no benedict no hugh of lincoln no columba no guthlock bides in this cell hunted doe flieth not hither for here is no fructuosus nor aventine nor albert of swabia nor even a pretty squirrel cometh from the wood hard by for the acorns i have hoarded for here abideth no columban the very owl that was here hath fled they are not to be deceived i have a pope's word for that heaven rest his soul clement had one advantage over her whose image in his heart he was bent on destroying he had suffered and survived the pang of bereavement and the mind cannot quite repeat such anguish then he had built up a habit of looking on her as dead after that strange scene in the church and churchyard of st lawrence that habit might be compared to a structure riven by a thunderbolt it was shattered but stones enough stood to found a similar habit on to look on her as dead to him and by severe subdivision of his time and thoughts by unceasing prayers and manual labour he did in about three months succeed in benumbing the earthly half of his heart but lo within a day or two of this first symptom of mental peace returning slowly there descended upon his mind a horrible despondency words cannot utter it for words never yet painted a likeness of despair voices seemed to whisper in his ear kill thyself kill 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 and he longed to obey the voices for life was intolerable he wrestled with his dark enemy with prayers and tears he prayed god but to bury his temptation oh let mine enemy have power to scourge me with red-hot whips to tear me leagues and leagues over rugged places by the hair of my head as he has served many a holy hermit that yet baffled him at last to fly on me like a raging lion to gnaw me with the serpent's fangs any pain any terror but this horrible gloom of the soul that shuts me from all light of thee and of the saints and now a freezing thought crossed him what if the triumphs of the powers of darkness over christian souls in desert places 
have been suppressed and only their defeats recorded or at least in full for dark hints were scattered about antiquity that now first began to grin at him with terrible meaning they wandered in the desert and perished by serpents said an ancient father of hermits that went into solitude and were seen no more and another at a more recent epoch wrote ver tantur ad melancholium they turned to gloomy madness these two statements were they not one for the ancient fathers never spoke with regret of the death of the body near the hermits so lost were perished souls and the serpents were diabolical thoughts the natural brood of solitude st jerome went into the desert with three companions one fled in the first year two died how the single one that lasted was a gigantic soul with an iron body the co-temporary who related this made no comment expressed no wonder what then if here was a glimpse of the true proportion in every age and many souls had always been lost in solitude for one gigantic mind an iron body that survived this terrible ordeal the darkened recluse now cast his despairing eyes over antiquity to see what weapons the christian arsenal contained that might befriend him the greatest of all was prayer alas it was a part of his malady to be unable to pray with true fervour the very system of mechanical supplication he had for months carried out so severely by rule had rather checked than fostered his power of originating true prayer he prayed louder than ever but the heart hung back cold and gloomy and let the words go up alone poor wingless prayers he cried you will not get halfway to heaven a fiend of this complexion had been driven out of king saul by music clement took up the hermit's psaltery and with much trouble mended the strings and tuned it no he could not play it his soul was so out of tune the sounds jarred on it and made him almost mad ah wretched me he cried saul had a saint to play to him he was not alone with the spirits of darkness but here is no sweet bard of israel to play to me i lonely with crushed heart on which a black fiend sitteth mountain high must make the music to uplift that heart to heaven it may not be and he grovelled on the earth weeping and tearing his hair where to batur ad melancholium end of section ninety seven